0: on the internet and I was looking for the risks and benefits of those two drugs and I came upon a press release about a medical food that was going to come out in about a year but it improved the memory and cognition of almost half the people that took it just with the first dose and Mm. I thought huh this what what is this because you never hear that about Alzheimer's drugs yeah so I found their patent application and I read all about this idea that Alzheimer's is a type of diabetes of the brain that there's a problem of getting glucose into certain areas of the brain, um, and this is a problem that happens, you know, begins 10 or 20 years before you even have any symptoms of Alzheimer's. That was my guest
1: on today's show, Dr. Mary Newport, and that was a little bit about how Dr. Newport began to connect the dots between nutrition and brain health, and most significantly, dementia and Alzheimer's. She's the author of Clearly Keto for Healthy Brain Aging and Alzheimer's Prevention, and we're going to get much more into nutrition and brain health. Stay tuned. Insights into relationships and you, hosted by Toby Jenkins, a licensed marriage and family therapist serving Central Kentucky. Each week, Toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health, relationships, or self improvement. The name of the show, Paradigm, comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client. An epiphany. Sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives. We are back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. I'm your host Toby Jenkins. Today, my guest is Dr. Mary Newport, and we've we've kind of gotten into some of the um, difficulties and complexities of caring for our loved ones who have Alzheimer's and dementia. So, before the break, I was mentioning that um, you know, disclosing Alzheimer's, dementia, memory issues, cognition, cognitive issues to other people is extremely tricky. Um, there's still, uh, I, I view it as some embarrassment, shame and, uh, with the, yeah, especially with the men in in my life who I've, who I've uh, experienced this with, um, many of them with Alzheimer's and dementia, um, meaning once they progress into Alzheimer's and dementia, they're not who they used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of these men are, and this is true for women. I'm just speaking of the men I've experienced this with. Um, They've been strong, they've been smart, they've been determined, and that's not that's not quite who they are um, Mm -hmm. with dementia and Alzheimer's. So, Mm -hmm. um, so it it can be kind of tricky. But when should when's the right time to disclose to Mm -hmm. either family, friends, people you interact with that Mm -hmm. this loved one uh, that you care for has some uh, Alzheimer's or dementia issues?
0: Yeah, (laughs) that is a very tricky question. And it may differ, you know, with family and friends versus friends. You know, the one thing about it is that people never look at you the same Mm -hmm. once you tell them or once they learn that you have dementia. It's, It's sort of like cancer. You know, when somebody says, I have cancer, you know, whenever you see them and talk to them, it's really hard not to think about that. Um, and, and it's, you know, so dementia is much the same way um, and Alzheimer's. And um, we, we basically, we were building a house when he was um, diagnosed officially. Hmm. And, um, you know, the builder was giving, telling him things that I needed to know. He, he was on hmm. the site a lot. And um, it needed to be relayed to me, but it wasn't getting relayed to me. And there were decisions about, you know, what are we going to do for flooring? What paint colors and, you know, things like that. And um, so I basically had to tell the builder at that point that he had Alzheimer's, and, you know, to please, you know, that he was relatively early at that point, you know, yeah. but, you know, he wasn't going to remember things, important things that he needed to tell me. So, and then, of course, the rest of the crew that were working on the house learned as well at the yeah. same time. And he was her friend, you know, he was hanging out with them every day. So, uh, but they, they were awesome. I mean, they, you know, they helped in every way. They didn't probably talk to him about it, you know, mm-hmm. much, but, yeah. you know, they still, you know, let him hang out with them and it was great. You know um, family, there were some real close family members like my father and his wife and um, that I told right away. Uh, He has um, a sister who's a nurse. And Mm -hmm. um, when he first started having symptoms, I remember talking to her about it. But then you know, and she was like, oh, I don't know. I think that's probably normal, maybe midlife crisis or something. Mm. But then when I told her he couldn't remember if he'd been to the bank and post office and they were only a year apart, she said, mm, oh, wow. that's not normal. And she actually worked herself in a dementia care unit really? <laughs> for 27 wow. years. And so she was really worried. And she was really the first of Steve's family members that I talked to about it. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I did let her know not long after he got his diagnosis that he did have Alzheimer's. But um, I think it was another year or two before we kind of told other family members about it. And, you know, there was one visit that I remember that, um, you know, he had, he had become very withdrawn. Mm-hmm. It was becoming more obvious that he had a mm-hmm. problem. We were going to visit everybody. And I thought, I really have to tell him, you know, so I, I told some of his other brothers and sisters, he had five brothers and sisters and his mother, of course, and his parents. And, um, the visit was so different because he had yeah. like one of his favorite, you know, uh, you know, like brothers-in-laws, you know, he wouldn't remember their names, nieces, mm. name, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, but they were afraid to talk to him. Uh, there was one in particular was afraid oh. and he avoided talking to him and he was like, almost like a best friend, you know, and it was just heartbreaking for Steve. And then, um, another family member, Steve told me this, the family member said to him, well, you wouldn't know what I was talking about anyway, that person said to him and it hurt his feelings so bad because I mean, as you know, you know, your experience, this doesn't happen overnight. It's a gradual process. And that person is still themselves or, you know, they're just have certain areas and abilities that are eroding, you know, but they still have feelings. They still, you know. And, you know, so things like that happened um, and, you know, um, it just telling certain friends, you know, it's just all in in time. And uh, I don't know when's the best time, but it's kind of on a need to know basis is a little bit how I think of it. Yeah. You know, they, they need to be prepared. So I told him ahead of time, you know, he's dealing with this. But it, it did affect how they interacted with them then. Yeah. Mine. So.
1: So I think adding to the list of things not to say
0: to someone yeah. with
1: Alzheimer's dementia right. is you won't remember this anyway. Uh, right. You <laughs> won't you know, remember tell you anyway.
0: I mean. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I
1: was thinking about, well, the other question I had too is uh, do you know if Steve ever self-disclosed to others that, Hey, I have uh, dementia.
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think in some cases we did it together, but I don't hmm. recall that he did that himself. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough one. It is a that, tough one.
1: You know, you bring up a good point. I, I think sharing that one is tricky when to do it, but I think giving people uh, some up. expectations or mm-hmm. this is what this means um, yeah. is best yeah. we know. Because um, that point that, you know, my loved one still has feelings here. Um, mm, right.
0: So, um, They're not gone. This person is not gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's a really good, I have to th- give that some more thought, but I think telling yeah. people what to expect and maybe how to interact. Mm-hmm. And so, um, would be extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that avoidance probably, I mean, that person know, knows it too. You're avoiding mm-hmm. me. Um, right. Right. Yeah.
0: Really you know, the avoidance was hard. And, and you know, yeah. and, you know, later he told me, he said, I just didn't know what to say to him. I just didn't know what to say. And, yeah. you know, you, just talk to them like they're a, like, like you would have any conversation. It can just yeah. be, you know, how's the weather, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what you've yeah. been doing these days. I mean, things like that. I mean, just try to have, even if it's a simple, simple conversation, have some kind of conversation and you might be surprised how it evolves because, you know, sometimes the abilities fl- fluctuate too, you know, yeah, be more with it at some times than other times. And yeah. Um, you might catch them at a, a good moment. I mean, there were conversations I had with Steve, you know, well into it, you know, where, you know, anybody else listening with, I think this is just a normal conversation. You know, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. And then there were other times we were completely on a different <laughs> wavelength. <laughs> it just kind of went up and down a bit there.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I was just thinking, you know, thinking more about. Um, so some of the things to tell people, you know, one, be careful well we want to treat it with honor and dignity Mm -hmm. and i think that's important to communicate to whoever that we have to choose whoever we choose to communicate this with Mm -hmm. but then be really clear on what what the conversation may Mm -hmm. may 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 include or if you know specifically what kind of the the memory issues are so like for instance i've Mm -hmm. talked about my dad quite a bit his short-term memory isn't as great but um Wealth of old stories that he likes to tell, mm-hmm. and he you can tell it makes him happy to tell these stories, yeah. yeah. And I think going back to something you said earlier, too, mm-hmm. is that, um, um, also sharing with uh, these loved ones or people in their lives or that they're socializing yeah. with that, um, if it's not, uh, earth shattering, mm-hmm. go with it. So, trying yeah. to convince yeah. someone, someone who has memory issues that, hey, what you're thinking or mm-hmm. saying is wrong, no, it's this. Right. Um, yeah. Just just go with it. Um, I right. mean, and
0: yeah, and there, there are a lot of uh, delusions that that people, you know, with dementia, they'll develop delusions, false beliefs, and yeah, and um, if you, you just can't, you can't talk them out of it. You just can't talk them out of it. So yeah. um, redirecting. There's a lot of talk about how do you redirect? Do you get somebody off of that tangent that they're on, and yeah. out of that, you know, if they're having anxiety and one way that we found worked really well for Steve was music.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good, that's a really good strategy. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned um, <laughs> one thing we've experienced with both our dads in particular mm-hmm. is that uh, some bit of information, and some of this is really exploitive to uh, to, uh, to older people. Mm-hmm. And like for my dad in particular, um, it's his phone. He gets these um, these text messages that say, you've won an iPad. Right. just put your your credit card information in and you go pick up your ipad and so yeah. and so he can get fixated on that and my same mm-hmm. with my my father-in-law um car warranty um oh that Ugh. they're horrible and yeah. uh both uh a mailer and we've also learned that they've been calling him yeah and um and you and it it's it's elder care i mean it's elder abuse rather it is elder um, abuse it it's is elder abuse mm-hmm. getting someone who 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 can't make those kind of who shouldn't be making those kind of decisions to mm-hmm. financially get locked into mm-hmm. an auto warranty right that they probably don't need anyway actually i know they don't need anyway but there are a lot of different entities and businesses out there that really take advantage of um of our older citizens, um, and it's horrible and a shame. Um, but you know, if you are caring for someone who, and it's natural that they would naturally follow up on something like this, Mm -hmm. an auto warranty redirecting is really important. And if you can somehow intervene and stop it, definitely Mm -hmm. do that. Um, we're up against another break. Um, today, my guest is Dr. Mary Newport, and we're talking about all the complexities of caring and loving, Mm -hmm our family and friends who have Alzheimer's and dementia. We'll be right back after the break. This is Toby Jenkins, founder of Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy and host of Paradigm Insights into Relationships in You. Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy is a proud sponsor and supporter of Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. At Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy, we work with couples, families, and individuals walking with you through life's challenges and transitions. You can find out more about Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy and request an appointment through telehealth or in person at www.jenkinscft com or by calling 859-806-0093. And we are back. You are listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships. And you, today, my guest is Dr. Mary Newport. And, you know, earlier we were talking about some of the, uh, you know, the journey with Steve and uh, having Lewy Body's disease and dementia. And... Um, in the hospitalization, which was uh, mm-hmm. a scary situation where you ended up checking him out essentially because mm-hmm. your care, uh, you're pretty, I mean, based on your, your background and what you know about the body mm-hmm. and the brain and, mm-hmm. and health, caring, you caring for him was better for him than being in the hospital mm-hmm. because of how they were uh, medicating him. Yes. Um but, you know, you applied uh, what you knew about MCTs and some in the research and you uh, basically did a uh, a study of one with Steve with mm-hmm. MCT. Right, right. So uh, yeah.
0: tell us more about that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah. How that worked. OK. So, you know, um, back to what happened, I had learned about the medical food. It was an MCT oil and I learned it was extracted from coconut oil. I knew I could get coconut oil because I'd seen it in health food stores. MCT, I didn't know about, you know, whether it was a hospital available thing or Mm -hmm. what, you know. So um, he tried out for a screening um, and for a clinical trial, and he did not do well. He had to get a score of at least 16 out of 30 points on the mini mental status exam. Mm -hmm. And he got only 14 points. So he didn't qualify. And we were devastated. And, you know, I thought, okay, okay. Um, well, the doctor had him um, draw a clock. And I actually have a picture in the book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, if you can see it, it's a few random circles and a few numbers. It doesn't Mm -hmm. look at all like a clock. And, you know, it's, you know, very disorganized. The doctor said he's on the verge of severe Alzheimer's. So I thought, what do we have to lose? I'm going to get some coconut oil and see if I can, if this will help him, you know. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I figured out, Um, I had to go back and refresh my memory about what are medium chain triglycerides. And I got the the fatty acid composition of coconut oil, and I found out it was 60% MCTs. And so I figured out how much to give him, you know, based on the dose of the medical food, and it was a little over two tablespoons, it takes more coconut oil to give the same amount of MCT as MCT oil, which is pure MCT oil. And um, so the next day, he was trying out again for a clinical trial. And I put a little over two tablespoons of coconut oil in his and some oatmeal. And then a few hours later, he was scheduled to be tested. And and this time he gained four points from the day before. And he even remembered things that he didn't remember the day before, like the day of the week, the season, uh, what town we were in, even though it was a different town and what floor in the institution. And it was different. Um, And he gained four points and Mm -hmm. he scored 18 out of 30 and he qualified for the study. Wow. You know, I mean, that was a miracle. We're like, oh, yeah. my God, he might get to be one of the first people to get this cure for Alzheimer's, you know. Um, so
1: so MCT oil. Um, yeah. Now, I keep it in my house. I cook right. with it. I mix yeah. it in my coffee. Mm-hmm. I get it at Costco. I get it at Whole Foods. Yeah, I've right. even seen it at Kroger, Harris mm-hmm. Teeter. Yeah. So this is not um, and maybe it's more available now than you know, back in 2008, much, 2007. Much more yes. So it's Any not something, brands. yeah, and you can probably order it online. So it's not something yeah. that
0: is Easily. hard to get. No, you know? it's not hard to get.
1: And in terms of like, uh, I'm, I'm a, I am love coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, I will just kind of, if you're not familiar with MCT oil, mm-hmm. I squirt it in my coffee and just kind of mm-hmm. blend it so it mixes in because, you know, it's oil, mm-hmm. so it'll float. Yeah. And um, the more you mix it in, kind of the less you notice
0: it. And so, yeah, it even comes in a powdered form that you can blend in and then it makes your coffee creamy. mm, I haven't tried that yet. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I have um, coconut oil powder and MCT oil powder. Like I mix uh, a little scoop of each of those in my coffee and it's because I like cream in my coffee. I don't like a black and with a little stevia and um, some cinnamon. And it's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all it's just fat and it you know, MCTs increase ketones, your, your yeah. liver can produces ketones, regardless of what you eat it with, which is, that's the trick. That's the neat thing about it. Yeah. And, um, you, you so know. It can get you off to a good start. And, um, you know, and, and you, 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 might ask why, why should somebody do this? You know, why should you bother to do this? Well, um, one of the cool, uh things that's come out in ketone research, um, which was discovered by Dr. Stephen Cunane at Sherbrooke University in Canada, he's been doing ketone and glucose PET scans. And um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, that um, people have decreased glucose uptake in their brains mm-hmm. ten or twenty years before they start having symptoms of Alzheimer's. It just gets worse over time. Well, um, he's found that, like the Alzheimer brain, those same areas that are affected with decreased glucose uptake take up ketones normally. You know, which is awesome. Yes. And he has also identified what he calls a brain energy gap. So um he they have studied healthy young adults Mm -hmm. all the way through advanced age, you know, even like cognitively healthy older people, but people with Mm -hmm. mild cognitive impairment, people with Alzheimer's. And what they have found is that there's a gap in brain energy and older Mm. people, even when they're cognitively normal, normal memory. Um, it's a gap of about um, seven to 9% between how much energy the brain needs and how much it actually gets. Wow. And our brains actually shrink a little bit every year as we age. Mm. And it could be related to this gap in the brain energy, you know, that the cells aren't getting enough energy.
1: You know, I, 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 so I've experienced this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, the keto diet has been pretty, you know, it's been one of the, faddish diets but Mm -hmm. i can tell you just from my experience with it um, and i too am diabetic although i don't like to say that i'm diabetic Mm -hmm. but i can tell you based on my diet pre-keto to Mm -hmm. post-keto what it feels Mm -hmm. like and uh like many diabetics eating a high carb or medium carb diet i would have these kind of spike and crash cycles through the day Mm -hmm. yeah so you typically hear about After Mm -hmm. lunch, you get sleepy and that's kind of you losing energy. Yeah. And typically what we do is we reach for more carbs or something quick for the body to give me a pick me up. And the difference I can, I can tell you with um, Mm -hmm. having your ketones up. So Mm -hmm. I try to have my ketones somewhere in the one to Mm 1.5, sometimes higher if I can get it and there's different tricks you can do to get it up. Mm -hmm. But um the one thing about uh MCT oils is um so I'll give you an example uh exercise plus fasting for me is my recipe for getting my ketones up mm-hmm. so then if yeah. you add MCT oil it jacks it yes. boosts it even more yeah. but the difference in how you feel is basically being alert all day right, right. And, and not
0: even feeling like you need a nap
1: yeah so I don't yeah. take naps anymore um mm-hmm. I feel alert way more mm-hmm. alert throughout right. the whole day. Mm-hmm. And the difference though, is that I also had a reset in my bedtime and awake time. And mm-hmm. so I couldn't tell whether it's just, I'm getting older. I don't need an alarm clock anymore, but <laughs> you know, my wife will tell you nine 30, I lay down and I, you know, I keep track of my sleep statistics and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm usually out in two minutes, two or three yeah. minutes. I'm out yeah. yeah, and my sleep got better, mm-hmm. but then like five 30, mm-hmm. I'm usually up Naturally, and the analogy I tell people is like when the old movies when Dracula would wake up and it's like, boom, <laughs> I go from sleeping to like, all right, let's go, yeah, <laughs> very, very quickly. So you're sleeping and well, sleeping well, and yeah. that's kind of the difference that, that I experience from mm. uh being uh from ketones and not mm-hmm. relying on carbs for energy, especially brain yeah. energy. And so, it's um,
0: it's more of a natural high. Yeah, and I agree that I have had the same experience. Um, uh, you know, we went we we basically transitioned rather suddenly from a convenience food diet to a Mediterranean diet around 2006. Um, this was about two years before the coconut oil came along, and um, I had read that people with Alzheimer's who ate the most Mediterranean-like diet lived on average four years longer than people that ate the least Mediterranean-like diet. And mm-hmm. you know, Mediterranean diet is like a whole food diet, and you eat if you eat grains, you eat whole grains, Uh, it emphasizes more fat, uh, more healthy fat, especially like olive oil, uh, and, you know, nuts and seeds, which are high in fats and avocados and things like that, and eating more fish and eating a lot more vegetables and different colors of vegetables that get all these nutrients, you know, so when we did that, it drastically cut how much carbohydrate we were eating, even though we weren't intentionally trying to do a low carb diet. And I found that my Car, you know, carb cravings, like within three days were gone. I wasn't constantly yeah. out my next meal and mm-hmm. wanting something sugary to eat. Um, and, um, you know, I, I had no idea if it slowed Steve's, I mean, he did continue to progress mm-hmm. Did it slow it down. I don't know. There's no basis for comparison, you know, but I benefited tremendously. I, ended up losing quite a lot of weight. I'm 60 pounds less now than I was then. 60 pounds. Yeah, And I was on the verge of pre-diabetes. My doctor said, your blood sugar is getting high. My heart was enlarged. I had reflux. I had all these issues and my blood sugar normalized and, um, you know, um, never have developed high blood pressure. I'm not on any prescription medications. I feel wonderful. And, and I had the same thing. I was, always struggling with being able to get to sleep and stay asleep and, and you know, sleep has improved. But, you know, and then when we, when Steve started taking the coconut oil and then, then we started adding MCT oil after about six or eight weeks and mixing it, you know, um, mm-hmm. because he improved like steadily, you know, just from, you know, getting into that clinical trial and, you know, his mood and his ability to even walk normally, you know, tie his shoes, all kinds of things got better. Um, But, you know, uh, I started doing it, too. You know, I have Alzheimer's on both sides of my family. I have my grandmother, aunt and two my two two cousins just slightly older than me have passed away from Alzheimer's. Mm. It's just horrible. And um, so I started taking it when Steve did. I thought, you know, if this could help somebody that already has Alzheimer's, maybe it will prevent it. You know, so I started taking, you know, three to five tablespoons a day of coconut oil and MCT oil then. And I felt found that I no longer needed that nap that you were talking about in the afternoon. And I felt like I had better mental endurance, is what I called it, because you know, I kind of became obsessed with getting the message out, and I was writing and writing and writing and talking to people, <laughs> answering emails, and I was writing to the media and the politicians. I was writing to everybody, trying to get them interested in studying this and pushing mm-hmm. this along. You know, the the medical food, you know, in the press press release, it was a mystery what it was, what it did. You know, and it was on the shelf. You know, yeah. I, I had to tell. I had millions of people. I had to tell. You know, so but I, I found that, that it gave me mental endurance and did improve my sleep. And I would say it improved my mood. Uh, Steve said it was like a light switch came on in his brain the day he started it. And his, he went Very from cool. depression to feeling like he had hope for the future, you know, and, uh, we got almost four good, four better years yeah. uh, as a result of it. You know, before we had that horrible incident with the hospital that we talked about mm, early, that kind yeah. of really set him back. And, um, but, um, you know, I have derived so many health benefits first from the Mediterranean diet, and then adding these MCTs, the coconut and MCT oil. Um, And, you know, uh, we, you already mentioned exercise, exercise stimulates ketone production. Mm -hmm. And um, Dr. Cunane that I mentioned, they have found that it triples ketone uptake into the brain and taking triples, triples it, triples ketone uptake. And that if you take MCT oil before your exercise, it increases it even more. Hmm. It's, it's so yeah. it works together. And then um, a lot of people do overnight fasting, um, mm-hmm. which also, you know, after 10 or 12 hours, you use up the glucose that's stored in your liver and you start breaking down some fat and some of that fat will be converted to ketones. So you start right. going to ketosis when you fast overnight. And so yeah, that's a practice that I started doing a few years ago and, um, you know, basically, um, I usually go 14 or 16 hours before I have a, a meal with solid food. I do have the coffee with the coconut and MCT oil powder. It's fat. Mm-hmm. So if you're in ketosis, it will just boost that further, yeah. you know, do that. It doesn't take you out of ketosis. If you have a typical breakfast with cereal, it's you're done. Yeah. Your ketosis you're is right. gone, you know? <laughs> So, you know, I'm there are so many benefits and I just feel fantastic. I feel better than I did when I was 50. I'm 70 now, you know, mm. um, see, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway, so, um, you know, it's been wonderful for me and, you know, and that's why I, you know, I just want to share this information. I've been really obsessed with sharing the information since the day Steve improved, you know, and yeah. But it became obvious that he was, this was related to mm-hmm. this coconut oil and, you know, just having to get the message out. So that's why I keep writing about it.
1: <laughs> so the MCT, Steve went from a 16 on the memory scale. I was talking to a friend of mine. Yeah, the other he went day. from 14 to
0: 18.
1: 14, 18. Yeah, he my, needed
0: 16 to qualify for the study. And that was a big jump from by four that points. Is a big jump. My, big my, jump.
1: I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day, his mother... Uh, scored a six on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is, is uh it's pretty bad but uh um, yeah you know we'll, we'll um we're up against a break and yeah. um, i hope we've convinced my listeners that uh, yeah at least try in like ketosis. Ketos. and get into ketosis it's not <laughs> right. only good for weight loss it's also right. wonderful for uh, brain function right. and from a therapy standpoint for mood mm-hmm. regulation but um we'll get into that when we get back okay uh, You're listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. My guest today is Dr. Mary Newport. We'll be right back. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You, and this is Woman Insight. One of the other common dynamics I see when it comes to money issues in relationships is when one person in the relationship makes way more money than the other person. Now I made the comparison before that money and sex have a lot of different uh, meanings and metaphors in our relationship, but in this case it often shows up as accentuating whatever power differential that there is in a relationship. And how often that often shows up within the relationship with the person who makes less money, feeling like they have fewer rights per se in the relationship. So they can't ask for certain things they would have asked for or required if the finances were equal. Now, this has a long history, especially as it pertains to women being super dependent on men, uh, especially if you go back to the turn of the century. Um, and a lot of times being financial prisoners in relationships. And that, too, is a dynamic that happens where the person that makes less money basically says, I can't leave this relationship because I'm financially dependent on the other person. Next week, I'll talk about when the woman makes more money, significantly more money than the man in the relationship. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. One of the biggest stresses that we encounter is money. Money issues strain our family life, create stress in our relationships, and can provoke serious anxiety and depression. And many don't know where to turn to get relief. That's where the Darius Norman Show comes in. The Darius Norman Show airs daily on WTTA FM 101.2 from 1 to 2 p.m. Darius Norman is a certified credit and financial counselor and author of Rewriting Financial Rules. It's his objective to empower others with educational tools and services to assist them in taking control of their financial and credit issues. Tune in to The Darius Norman Show on WTTA FM 101.2, and you can follow him on Twitter at The Darius Norman Show. We are back. You are listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. My guest today is Dr. Mary Newport, and um, we're both uh, uh, ketogenic diet nerds, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we uh, follow the, the eating lifestyle. And um, you know I, we could go, there, there's a lot I've learned about it. Um, you know, that combination of fasting plus exercise is a good way to get your ketones up. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like we were saying earlier, bodybuilders have known this forever. Mm-hmm. And for so, mm-hmm. not only helps your body, but, you know, as a therapist, um, you know, I mentioned before, um, it helps your mood. I personally, mm-hmm. anybody who knows me, especially my wife, would tell you, I am not fun to be around when I'm hangry. <laughs> and, uh, and being, you know, not having these kind of crashes has, made me more evened out my mood and throughout the day as well. So it's not just kind of physical, it's also emotional and relational. So I want to make sure we jump into your book because there's so much to talk about with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and dementia. So um, your book, Clearly Keto for Healthy Brain Aging and Alzheimer's Prevention. Um, now, I know you, you mentioned earlier uh, this combination of keto diet and Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. So um tell me what what is the purpose well I know why you wrote the book yeah. but what's
0: what's in it Okay that everybody should know Right yeah so so the first half of the, uh well the first part of the book I should say about a third of the book um talks about the problem of really eating a high carb diet the problems of eating too much sugar uh sugar and especially fructose, which is an awful lot of processed foods, high fructose corn mm-hmm. syrup are uh, it's very inflammatory And when you have a chronically elevated blood sugar, um, there are formation of advanced glycation end products, which are sticky harmful substances. they stick to RNA, DNA, proteins, uh, it can stick to insulin and it can actually you know cause a lot of tissue damage and and it probably explains, why, you know, there's so many complications of diabetes related to eyes and kidneys and the skin, you know, circulation of the skin and things like that that happen over time. You know, so um a big part of the problem is insulin resistance, which seems to happen when people chronically eat a high carb diet. Mm-hmm. And it goes away when people eat a low-carb diet. It slowly but surely, you know, many people will have improvement in their insulin resistance. Um, and it, it, basically insulin resistance is when your cells are not responding well to insulin and and it can be a problem with there are these insulin receptors on cell membranes that they're not functioning properly they found in the Alzheimer brain that there is insulin resistance and the this the insulin receptors are actually not sitting on the cell membrane where they belong they they become like lost within the cell you know and insulin can't attach to to these receptors Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are problems like that, you know, going on in the brain. Um, And, you know, and then we talked about that brain energy gap, you know, the gap between how much energy your brain needs and how much it gets. And, you know, in cognitively healthy older people say in their seventies, it's a gap of seven to 9% people with mild cognitive impairment, which precedes Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. it grows to 10 or 12% mild Alzheimer's. It's a gap of 20% in mild Alzheimer's and it gets worse and worse. 40 to 60% gap in brain energy as Alzheimer's progresses. And so, you know, the the cool thing about, you know, doing a keto lifestyle, you know, reducing the carbohydrate, eating ketogenic oils, exercise, overnight fasting, different things like that you can do is it can help overcome insulin resistance, maybe at the very least slow it down and Mm -hmm. possibly reverse it um, and then fill in that brain energy gap with ketones because kids are taken up normally in the brain, even in Alzheimer's. And so those are two very fundamental problems that are related to Alzheimer's disease that um, you can address. And, you know, it's, and then, you know, another problem, big problem in Alzheimer's is inflammation, chronic inflammation in the brain. And that's kind of what separates people that have Alzheimer's versus people that don't is, You know, excessive brain inflammation. Um, They uh, there's one. um, Dr. Rudy Tanzi says, you don't have Alzheimer's if there's if you you have brain inflammation. If you have Alzheimer's, is the
1: brain inflammation similar to inflammation you have in
0: other parts of your body? It it is similar. It is similar, but there are different types of cells that deal with it in the brain, Mm -hmm. uh, called microglia and astrocytes. You know, um, I'll jump like the third part of my book. It took me 10 months to write and it's what goes wrong in the Alzheimer brain. You know, I just mm-hmm. haven't found any books out there that explain kind of like a big overview of what goes wrong and it goes into each cell type and what is going on with those cells, oh, cool. mm-hmm. how they're affected, like insulin resistance. It, it turns out as I was researching this insulin resistance is involved with each of these things that go wrong in the brain. Um, promoting plaques and tangles. A lot of people mm-hmm. have heard about plaques and tangles and mm-hmm. Alzheimer's promoting inflammation mm-hmm. insulin resistance does that. And then mm-hmm. the plaques and the tangles and inflammation promote more insulin resistance. They worsen oh, wow. insulin resistance. it feeds on itself. It feeds on wow. itself. It's like vicious cycles. And that yeah. probably explains why it's a progressive disease. It just gets worse and worse and worse over time. You know, so if you can control um, insulin resistance by reducing carbohydrate in the diet you know, um, and increasing healthy fats, um, you know, that's one way that you may be able to slow it down, and maybe even, you know, reverse some of the symptoms, and then providing ketones um, by, you know, through the ketogenic diet could help fill in that energy gap. But ketones are also anti inflammatory, they Mm -hmm. they drive many other pathways, including, you know, helping to control the, the very type of inflammation that's involved in Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, th- those are two big, um, broad things that affect, you know, the Alzheimer brain that can be addressed with diet. Yeah. And, um, yeah. What are healthy fats, by the way? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> there might be a little controversy about coconut oil, but, um, <laughs> <in> Mediterranean <laughs> diet, they, it emphasizes olive oil as monounsaturated fats, um, And um, those are in nuts and seeds and avocados are examples of other foods that have monounsaturated fats. There's monounsaturated fat in animal fats. There's a little Mm -hmm. bit in coconut oil. Um, Coconut oil has been controversial, but I consider it a very healthy fat. (laughs) And a lot of other people do too, but it kind of got, let's see, back in around the 1950s and 60s, Crisco was had shortening, you know, Mm -hmm. a a relatively new product. It had been around for a little while, but they were really promoting it. And it looks a lot like coconut oil. It's a white, creamy oil. It has a long shelf life like Mm -hmm. coconut oil. Coconut oil was their biggest competitor. Uh, Really? Back then? I didn't know. And it was only used in maybe two or three percent of households, but it was used like in movie theaters, you know, like the, the butter flavoring was often mm-hmm. coconut oil with some butter flavoring in it, you know, that type of thing. And there was a, an organization that was heavily involved with um, like the soybean oil industry that was making, you know, the you know, these um, shortenings
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they put out a big push against um, coconut oil was just one of them, but certain fats and oils like lard. I mean, you know, basically the shortenings were meant to replace lard, which was used in an awful lot of households. Yes. Um, And, you know, they started calling these other fats and oils uh, the artery-clogging fats. They said they were artery-clogging fats. And boy, has that stuck. It has stuck. It has (laughs) stuck. And it turned out that those shortenings, they were loaded with, they were hydrogenated oils loaded with trans fats, and they actually were artery-clogging fats. Yes. Yes, they actually did. Um, increase, you know, the um, FDA attributed 30,000 heart attacks a year to trans fats, and they have phased them out, you know, they're, they're only allowed to have up to a half gram of trans fat in a serving of food, Mm. you know, um, so they haven't completely phased it out. But I mean, you know, I have a, a lipid biochemist friend who told me that she had analyzed a lot of, you know, like, um, fast food, you know, French fries and a medium serving had 35 grams of trans fats in it. Wow. Yeah. And then they, it was a big switch, you know, um, around 2002, they called it the big switch she did um, because they had to start putting on their nutrition information, how much trans fat was in their products. Yes. So a lot of these uh, companies switched it out for palm oil, uh, for example, and for other oils, you know um, at fast food restaurants and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, so coconut oil kind, kind of got a bad reputation for that reason. And, and it's, you know, the other thing is it's high in saturated fat. Well, 70% of the saturated fat in coconut oil are these medium chain triglycerides. And they, they, they behave completely different than the fats that are in animal fat, the saturated fats that are in animal fat. They, um, are either converted to ketones or mm-hmm. They, whatever's left over is used as energy. And there's some recent experiments that have shown that, that medium chain triglycerides are used directly by certain brain cells, AS fuel, astrocytes. Yeah. Okay. They do cross into the brain and the brain can use them. And the, the astrocytes produce beta hydroxybutyrate, which is a ketone that, that the neurons can use. Hmm. And astrocytes nourish neurons. They shuttle these fuels to neurons. And, you know, so the MCTs, that's how they work, you know. So, um, and, uh, you know, as far as the animal fat, coconut oil, you know, the same fatty acids that are in animal fat, coconut oil has about 11% of those. And that's actually less than the, the same fats in olive oil, soybean oil, corn oil, you know, all these common oils that people eat. Yeah. So, you know, coconut oil is actually very little of the same type of fatty acids as animal fat, if that makes sense. That does make sense. So we Mm. should
1: basically stay away from the highly processed oils. um,
0: Like the highly processed, the ones that are reheated, you know, like fast food restaurants, they tend to keep the same oil for sometimes a week and they heat it very hot and it's hot all day produces a lot of toxic lipids. So that's a good one to stay away from. And of course, trans fats, you know, um, they're banned here in the U.S., but many other countries are not.
1: Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Well, we're up against a commercial break and we're gonna come back and talk more about the Mediterranean diet okay? healthy fats and uh, more of the content of your upcoming book or your book that's about to come out, Literally Keto for Healthy Brain Aging and Alzheimer's Prevention. My guest today is Dr. Mary Newport. We'll be right back. You've got mail. You've got mail. This list of mail comes from Angela. Uh, Toby, well, she addressed it to me. That's pretty cool. My boyfriend's mother died three years ago from a sudden heart attack, and he can't seem to get over it. He won't talk about it, but I know when he's irritable for no reason and snaps at me out of nowhere, it's because Mm -hmm. of his mom. Mm -hmm. Is this normal? Is he depressed?
0: I would say yes. Most likely he is depressed. You know, he would benefit from, from some type of counseling. And he, I think he would benefit from talking mm-hmm. to you, <laughs> of course, <laughs> to, to her, um, you know, um, I, I lost my mother when I was 27 and mm. Steve and I were married, you know, at that point. And um, I, I was so devastated and he listened to me. I talked over and over, I must've said the same things Mm. talking about what happened to her, how she died, you know, Mm -hmm. and he, he was such a good listener and he listened to me as many times as I wanted to tell the story. And it was very therapeutic. I really think it helped me get through that. And it's a, you know, it would be if he could open up in some way, it's more advice for him, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. you know, in a way, Mm-hmm. You know, then for her, I guess, you know, be patient. And, you know, she could just let him know that, um, you know, she's not there to judge him. She's there to listen. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, you know, I, maybe he's feeling guilty in some way. I mean, I felt guilty that my mother passed away, you know. Oh, he did. And, yeah, and I just, you know, struggling, we had just moved to South Carolina from Cincinnati, and I felt like maybe that factored into it, you know, mm-hmm. we were well, we were getting ready to move, I should say, when it happened, and just that I was going to be leaving her, you know, made me feel mm-hmm. horribly guilty that I was going to be leaving, moving away from her, you know, and um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so many feelings and it could be that he's feeling somehow guilty about something that happened, somehow Mm -hmm. responsible, or maybe that he didn't do enough or maybe he didn't listen to her. You know, there could be things like that, you know, and it would be wonderful if he could open up to her and, you know, if she, you know, she can just let him know that she's always there to listen and, you know, um, and not to judge him, you know, just to be supportive to him and that it, it might help him get through it better.
1: You know, um, if you ever get tired of, uh, doing this ketone research, um uh, <laughs> in writing books, <laughs> uh, therapy might be good for you. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Series, uh, well, I
0: actually went good. to a therapist. I went to it, you know, when we, I was struggling with Steve, you know, he was going downhill really fast in 2007 mm-hmm. and I was getting very depressed, you know? Yeah. So I I went to a therapist, he was going to a therapist, he felt that it helped him too, dealing with Alzheimer's. And, and I started going because you can talk to your therapist, you can say anything about any family member, and they will never know.
1: (laughs) That's right. And that's the benefit. of
0: Oh, gosh, it felt so good to be able to ventilate and just talk about all the frustrations, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, a lot of strange and unusual things happen when you have a somebody that you love with Alzheimer's and yeah. and it's it's not often very happy and to have somebody that you can talk to about it yeah
1: yeah that's yeah. one of the big benefits of uh therapy um you know mm-hmm. I I probably wouldn't add much else to uh to what you uh, advise Angela on um mm-hmm. I, I would say um, may depress but um mm-hmm. you know there's a grieving process when we lose yeah. people and it sounds like mm-hmm. he is stuck in the grieving process. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that, so that, that'd be the only thing I'd really, uh, yeah. add to it. And some of us, uh, especially men have a hard time mm-hmm. processing loss yeah. and getting in that yeah. vulnerable, uh, emotion of sadness and loss and yeah. guilt probably yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I would just add that on for, uh, okay. to Angelo, to what Dr. Mary Newport said. So, yeah,
0: yeah. She could say that, to him that she senses that he's still grieving for his mother, that he's sad. And, you know, and that she's just wants to be there to listen. If he, you know, wants to talk about it, That that might help. Yeah.
1: You know, the sad part or um, sad, the sad part about loving someone is that usually it ends in loss. It does. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, think about that quite a bit. So it's really important to love the people, yeah. uh, you know that that are in your life right but um you know losing people is part of loving them too so it
0: is it is it's a, just a fact of human life and boy mm-hmm. I was doing hospice that drove it home you know and i thought i might learn the meaning of life from hospice mm-hmm. <laughs> i yeah. didn't find out why do we die i don't know mm-hmm. i asked two patients i said can you come back to me in a dream you know and <laughs> tell me if there's you know what what happens after you know and they said uh, both of them said well i'll try if i can but i never did hear from either of them (laughs) the biggest question
1: in humanity
0: (laughs) went back to the beginning of time (laughs) right right but it it, we all are going to pass away and we're going to lose loved ones, and yeah and it's tragic it's just part of uh, human life unfortunately it sure is well hope we help you angela yeah
1: This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. As a marriage and family therapist, I am passionate about healthy relationships, and even the healthiest of relationships need tune-ups from time to time. For my Georgia listeners, I'm offering six sessions with my friend and fellow marriage and family therapist, Dr. Alicia Rohrer. Founder of Roar Cycle Therapy and Consulting Services. Dr. Roar will provide a 10 point assessment of your relationship, then use that assessment to help you create a plan to accentuate the areas that you are naturally strong in and strengthen the parts of your relationship that could use some improvement. For engaged couples, you can receive a discount on your marriage license, which can vary from county to county in Georgia. To enter, you must live in Georgia and complete a simple couple screening. Email me at Toby at Paradigm Radio Show and put relationship assessment in the subject line in a short period. We are back. You You're listening your to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. My guest today is Dr. Mary Newport, and we are talking about her book that's coming out in two weeks. Clearly Keto for Healthy Brain Aging and Alzheimer's Prevention. And before the break, um, Dr. Newport was breaking down the science of how ketones helps our brain function and help us age uh, from a brain standpoint in a more healthy way. You know, with a
0: Mediterranean diet, you know, the other beauty of it is you're getting getting the natural forms of vitamins and minerals and other nutrients that are actually used in your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Um, there are an awful lot of synthetic vitamins out there, you know, like, uh, when you eat refined white flour, you know, it's been stripped of, you know, the, um, basically the wholesome part of the grain that has the yeah. vitamins and the other nutrients in it. Um, you're left with 80 or 90% sugar. I mean, uh, flour doesn't taste sweet, but it is oh, yeah. <laughs> your body converts it to glucose. Yeah, if you've um,
1: ever seen uh, bread on the glycemic scale, it's right up there.
0: with. It's right cider. up there. And yeah. even, even whole, whole wheat bread is up there, you know, yeah. but it's, it's more nutritious as far as what vitamins and minerals and things that you're going to get from it. And there's synthetic forms of vitamins. So when they fortify like white flour, they use a synthetic, you know, vitamin that um, it's not the natural form in your body. A lot of it isn't even taken up, you know, it's not absorbed very well. Of mm-hmm. a lot of these synthetic vitamins. Um, and, you know, you just miss out on, a, on an awful lot of um, important, you know, like just to make energy in your brain requires there's a couple of those B vitamins that are required. And if you're not getting the right forms of them, and enough of them that also can contribute to not having enough brain energy, for example.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. there's another substance that a lot of people have probably never heard of called choline. Um, eggs are very rich in it. It's choline. Eggs are very rich in it. Um, other meats, um, it uh, can be in nuts and you know things like that. Um, but it's part of uh, it's uh, what are called phospholipids. So <laughs> uh, it's a substance that is in every single cell membrane in your body. You know, the cells have to be held together by something, and these membranes are lipids, and these um uh choline is a, an important part of it, and it's very rich in the cell membranes in the brain and mm.
1: choline.
0: Yeah, and choline is part of a very important brain chemical called acetylcholine that is deficient in Alzheimer's, and acetylcholine is involved in learning and memory. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So choline is very, very important, but you know, when um, they look at, you know, uh, are people getting enough choline in their diet? Uh, American women, for example, on average, get half of the choline that's recommended. Why is that? Um, They're just not eating the right foods. Interesting. Not eating the right foods. Like, um, I mean, people used to eat a lot of eggs. (laughs) Yeah. And then when this whole cholesterol thing came along, they were said, oh, stop eating eggs. Everybody stop, you know, and it it turns out eggs if they increase cholesterol at all it's HDL which is good cholesterol mm-hmm. eggs are t- incredibly nutritious they're they're like the perfect protein for humans they sure and are. they have all the vitamins and nutrients that a baby chicken needs to grow <laughs> for a chicken I mean it's just really incredible it's in eggs you know but um you know but people have gotten away you know from eating foods like that people have are eating an awful lot of processed foods, ultra processed foods that have had so much stripped out of them mm-hmm. and they're loaded with a whole lot of salt, you know, which a lot of people, some people are very sensitive. It can up their blood pressure. Yes. Um, a lot of sugar, a lot of fructose, you know, I mean, even like milk has added sugar. Orange juice has added sugar, oh, you a know. ton
1: of sugar in orange juice,
0: right? A ton of yeah. sugar. I mean, it's naturally has sugar and then they add even more, you know, to mm-hmm. most orange juices you know, so we're constantly bombarded with, um, with sugar and, you know, the whole push to eat a low fat diet has resulted really, you know, there's an epidemic of obesity and, um, you know, dementia and diabetes that has happened in the last 50 years since they started pushing a low fat diet on us. And, you know, um, you know, if you think about it, you know, people are going to eat a consistent amount of protein. You need a certain amount of protein to maintain your muscles. But if you lower fat in the diet to make up the calories, you're going to eat more carb. There's just three macronutrients, you know. Right, right. So people have, you know, I bought hook, line, and sinker into eating a low-carb diet. I mean, uh, I've a low-fat diet, yeah. and I got heavier and heavier. I was eating skim milk. I was eating cereals that I thought were healthy because they had fiber in them. And, you know, and I just got, I was frustrated, and I was hungry all the time, you know, and yeah. And, uh, you know, turning to Mediterranean and then even more so with keto is completely reversed all of that. Yeah.
1: Well, Dr. Newport, I yeah. can't thank you enough for, oh, for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to reading your book. Yeah. Um, when it comes out in the, audio, in the audio version, I'm really on top of it. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, uh, I want to let people know where they can get it. So okay. clearly keto for healthy brain aging and Alzheimer's prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Amazon, and where else can they find it?
0: Yeah, uh, basically all the bookstore websites, Barnes and Noble, um, Books a Million, Indie Books, many others. Um, my my publisher, Turner Publishing, they actually had a a good price. I think it was slightly better than Amazon the last time I looked. Um, I have a website that people might like to look at. I, I've been I've had this website since 2008, and I've just constantly added. It. It's got probably way too much information on it. No, but you can't um, have enough information. Yeah, but there are <laughs> links to this book and my other books on there, and uh, I have a page for Alzheimer's and dementia, and but it's also for people with Parkinson's, and um, it goes through each of these ketogenic, you know, things that you can do, the oils and the diet, and supplements and different things like that um, step by step there's scientific research a whole, whole lot of complete articles that you can read about ketones and the different studies that have been done with MCT oil and um you know and then uh, it's called coconut ketones.com. I should actually tell you the name of the website. I was about to add that uh, <laughs> yeah, it's coconut, coconut as you C O so C O N U T K E T O N E S. There's no yes. Y in ketones. And um, uh, you know, yeah, the book goes into, you know, the, the first part of it is about the diet uh, and, you know, some supplements like choline that I suggest people take, but the middle part is about many other things that people can do, lifestyle changes and things they can do um, and things to avoid, you know, that could help reduce the risk of um, of developing Alzheimer's, uh, maybe slow it down, maybe delay it, maybe prevent it altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, You know, so that's, you know, and then the last chapter, what goes wrong in the old timer brain? That's for people who really, I didn't put it first because I thought nobody will ever get to the rest of the book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so that's um I, I really greatly appreciate your having me on your program it, it's been just a pleasure talking to you and awesome. and i'm sorry that you're dealing with this in your own family and yeah. I, I think so many families are it's just it's such a, a sad thing and people are living older and mm-hmm. we have more opportunity to develop things like dementia unfortunately
1: yeah i mean yeah. it's um i'm of that age where if uh, we're fortunate and we still have our parents around yeah, chance you are dealing with it as well. So I hope, uh, please go out and get the book. Hope, hope you can use this information to, um, uh, hopefully slow down, uh, memory loss and dementia if it's happening. So yeah. once again, thank you again for being on the show and, no, um, we'll see you again next week.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Toby. Bye everybody. <laughs>
1: You can find archived shows and additional details about guests of the show at the show's website, www.paradigmradioshow.com. You can follow weekly one-minute insight posts on the show's Instagram and Twitter feed at Paradigm Radio Show. For archived episodes, you can find episodes wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Paradigm: Insights into Relationships in You is brought to you by Jenkins Professional Services and Hype Media Global. Thank you for tuning into Paradigm: Insights into Relationships in You with Toby Jenkins. Join us again.